T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 8.15, Wednesday morning, January 4th, former NOPD superintendent, head of the Washington State Police, head of the Nashville City Police, and now a professor of practice in the Department of Criminal Justice at Loyola, Ronald Surpass joins us. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning, Tommy. How are you today? I'm okay. The um, cars being broken into in Harahan, is that an, uh, an anomaly or is crime leaching out of Orleans Parish and the surrounding areas? Well, it certainly wouldn't be odd in New Orleans and or other cities in the country that I've either studied or worked in. Um, young people who are doing these things are looking for targets and they identify them and they don't really know what the 17th Street Canal is. So basically, yes, it could be leaching out. Um, I talked to, um, I don't know if you heard any of it or not, Morgan Clevenger, president of the Fairgrounds Triangle Neighborhood Association uh, at 745, and, and she seemed to lay out a, a model for how civilians can get involved and citizens can get involved and reclaim their neighborhood, but uh, at no point did she indicate it was easy or quick, that it was uh, a function of persistence and determination. And, and then I added, Chief, there's kind of like when you're watching a football game, who wants it more, the offense or the defense? Um, and I think maybe it comes to that. If people are going to take their neighborhoods back, who wants it more, them or the criminals? Well, that's an interesting way to look at it, and I think it's a very positive way to look at it, except this. There are some things that only the government can do. Arrest people, search and seizures, warrants, traffic stops that are based on Constitution. So the citizen support is crucial. But, you know, if anybody who ran for public office in the last four or five years said public safety was a campaign issue for them, let's remember, we finished 2022, highest number of murders since 1996. 700 incidents of shooting, which means there's far more people were shot, and a 39% increase in armed robbery. The changes that were put into effect in October uh, appear to have no evidence to suggest that they work. So, yes, community groups can make a massive difference, but they've got to get help from the offense that the government can provide to defend against criminals. And I don't see, uh, I don't think many people see much evidence of that in New Orleans. Let's talk about the um, search or, or what's going on with the. Um, sir, look for looking for a new superintendent of NOPD. I heard Rafael Goineche last night on one of the news stations say that um, when Michelle Woodfork has her um, hearing or whatever, however he phrased it, but I guess what I'm wondering is, did he misspeak? And you'd have to, I guess I'd ask to have Rafael this, or is Michelle Woodfork guaranteed a confirmation hearing? Or what? what how is this going to play out? My suspicion is that since the ordinance change went into effect on January 1st, the mayor in the executive office is the person who presents a name for consideration, consent, and advice by the council. Mm -hmm. The council doesn't pick people. The mayor has to pick them. 
and Tommy, what I'm going to say right now, I want to be very careful because these are really, really good people. Mm-hmm. But all these moves that Michelle is making, I wish her the very best. But if you're an outside candidate looking in and you're watching all these changes in permanent class positions and all these reappointments and appointments, you're going to start to wonder, is this really a transparent, open search looking for a candidate? Having been a candidate multiple times, that would be on my mind. Secondly, the conflict between the mayor and the council that plays out in the newspapers every day, guess what? Candidates around the country are reading that. Why would you want to move for whatever money, whatever contract, to come to a place where it's clear that the council and the mayor are not on the same page with public safety after 22 yet again showing dramatic increases in crime with little to no effect by the police department? Um, so these are good people that Michelle's trying to work with, and I hope for the best for her, too. But it certainly does not send the message that there's an open search process for chief. But is that in the sense of someone's going to be picked from, you know, openly? Is that, though, um, anything that an interim superintendent should do? Because, again, I know she's trying to show what she can do. And this is her if you want to call it an audition or whatever. But is that really the time or place for that and you know what i mean i was shaking up structures or or changing what's going on it seems like interim you're just there to open the store and make sure it doesn't burn down and just keep it going am i misinterpreting that no that's exactly what it was i've I've replaced interim chiefs before and the governor and the mayor in those cases was very clear with the chief look I, i have confidence in our process it's going to go quickly you are here to make sure we can keep the doors open but you can't create systems and cycles that the new superintendent is going to have to come in and start changing all over again. So interim is always bad, especially if an interim is going to drag on for too long. But I do think it's fair to say that something's got to be done. But, you know, no deflection against the people involved in this from Michelle on down. But if the city, this is about the mayor and the council, if they're really going to look for a new superintendent, they are not sending messages right now that appear to be that they haven't already made up their mind in the mayor's office, and that's going to deter good candidates. Should an interim superintendent make personnel changes? I think you make them limited into the very needed things closest to you. But, you know, it's a balancing act, and I understand that. But I don't think anybody's seeing this as a balancing act. I, I think more people are seeing this as this is the, this is the future, and we're just going to go through the process to get there. And if that's what the mayor's choice is, elections have consequences. That's who voted. Mm-hmm. People voted. But the city council would have to approve it, and if they don't, then she just keeps. Can she? I don't know what happens with the charter. Does she keep nominating the same person, or does she? What happens then? Well, that's a great question. I think it's going to be more of a political question, right? I mean, how many times can you put the same person in front of the body who has an authority by the voter to determine council uh, consent and advice? Um, I'm using the senatorial term, but that's my understanding of the way that ordinance is prepared, that the council will review the candidate the mayor submits. And I don't think it says they will review a list of candidates the mayor submit. It will review a list of the, the mayor's choice, and that's the executive's choice. Um, if that's the case, then if you, kept, if you keep doing this ping-ponging back and forth, I think people would, would rationally ask, is anyone really trying to solve this problem? Right? I mean, if you just got to be going back and forth on who it may or may not be, I think citizens would rightfully say, well, is anybody really focused on the fact that we have more murders since 1996, more than 700 people shot, more than a 39% increase in robbery over all of 22? When does that become important? And finally, Tom, let me be really clear and honest about this. I was an urban police chief my entire career, except in Washington. Young African-American men and women are killing one another at rates that are unparalleled in the last 40 years of New Orleans. When does that become the most important thing? It would seem as though politically the mayor can short-circuit the, quote, national search by creating circumstances that no candidate would want to come into 
and that might be what she's doing. We'll take a right. Am I wrong? Uh, there's some people I know who, who see that to be the case. Uh, right. It could easily be the case. Sabotaging the process, if you will. We'll take a break. More with Ronald Surpass when we come back. Next half hour, we're going to talk to Dane Cialino about a Louisiana police officer that's been arrested for negligent homicide for his role in the death of some brutally teens killed in on New Year's Eve during a chase. And we'll talk about best practices with Ronald Surpass when we come back. 822, time for traffic now on WWL. 826, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to our friend Ronald Surpass, professor of practice, Department of Criminal Justice at Loyola, former NOPD chief. Chief, I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, it happened, uh, an Addis police officer who was pursuing a suspect crashed into the vehicle of two brutally high students Saturday afternoon and, and killed two young ladies, uh, happened to be cheerleaders, 17, 16 years old, Maggie Dunn, Carolyn Gill. He's been charged. Um, booked in the West Baton Rouge jail with bail set at $100,000 with um, negligent homicide, one count of negligent injuring for the other person who was in the vehicle. And, you know, so much we hear about the consent decree and that NOPD has to let them go if if a pursuit um, exceeds X amount of miles an hour, and that's a deterrent to criminals. But when you look at this, it makes you think that there are two sides to police chases as well. Now, you've been in a position of leadership, what, three times in your career, Washington State Police, Nashville City Police, NOPD. What is best practices when it comes to pursuit with criminals? Chief, you got us muted, I think. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry about that. Um, The problem with pursuits is that the risk is so great. So in the 1997, the NOPD and the NYPD were two of the first big departments to restrict pursuits to the decision of a supervisor, not the officer themselves. That's one of the key control questions. If you're asking the officer who's doing the pursuit for them to make the choice to stop, it's not fair. You need to make supervisors live, real time, do that. It's not fair. Why, Chief? Because the person doing the chasing is in the fight. They want to catch the person. They're Mm -hmm. they're excited. They're going to be narrow focused. Their blood pressure's up. Their breathing's up. Their heart rate's up. Hard to make an objective decision. It is. It's impossible. So. The departments that are closer to best practice, one, limit the numbers of pursuits to those events that are really life-threatening. Secondly, it has to be immediately and ongoingly approved by the you know, supervisor who can say, hey, there's too much traffic today. Or it's 3 o'clock in the morning on Highway 90 and really nowhere in Washington State. These are very dangerous events. They have, to be, they have to be managed and monitored by somebody who's not actually in the pursuit. That would be closest to best practices. So in cases there may be an opportunity, most cases, it's not going to be worth life. And here's what we used to say to cops, and I love cops. If we can clear murders after the fact, if we can clear robberies after the fact, we could probably figure out the car after the fact without having to chase through the middle of a downtown area or, or in a dangerous area. Mm-hmm. Those are crucial questions, and they're, and they're fair to be asked on both sides. To book a police officer for victim homicide would suggest to me that the officer did not follow any of the department's policies. If the officer followed the department policies, then booking the officer seems to be questionable. You'd have to wait. I was doing the rules that allowed me to or forced me to do this. Um, you know, that, that's important. And I want to say something a few seconds ago. I'm going to try to get in real quick. Sure. The NYPD plan in October has no evidence of success. If you're an interim internal chief, you have no time to come up with a plan because you've been in the agency. If you're an externally newly appointed chief, you have a little time to build a plan. So I think citizens should be asking Superintendent Woodfork, 
You've been in the department 30 plus years. You've watched this plan in October not produce any results to reduce crime in the city, any results to reduce crime, violent crime. What are you going to do? And you don't have 90 days to do it because you've been here 30 years. Mm -hmm. That's the dynamic that would say, yeah, she does need to make some choices. But it's a balancing act. And the ultimate balance, Tommy, is that nothing that started in October appears to have any evidence that it's working. What are we going to see different with interim superintendent Woodfork, who is a lifetime member who doesn't have time to say, I need to assess the playing field before I make a choice. Chief, real quick, if you can do it in a couple of seconds, the difference between murder and homicide? Intent. What's the intent and what's the condition? Some some homicides are vehicular homicides or homicides where you had no intent to kill somebody. Murder is generally conceived by people as, you know, what you saw in Colombo. You went out and murdered the person. Gotcha. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate your time. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Ronald Surpass, professor of practice in the Department of Criminal Justice at Loyola. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.